and not just us we asking this eh? we asking you too of who course. are you of course. and you see when it comes to that i would say the answer for that would be in stages because as a young person as me and Tariq was speaking as a young person more or less you reflect your surroundings mm-hmm. more or less you're kind of bipolar because <laughs> You would see this person, you want to be like this person. You may even act like this person. You would see this other person, you'd want to be like that person. And you see, it does reach, you had to reach a level of maturity to actually, you had a soul search and self search to find out who you are because that is a question many people ask themselves and have no answer. And many times they may think they have the answer, but they really reflect in other person. So how do you truly come to knowing who you are without taking time for yourself as you were speaking earlier on? Psychology has this um uh, this test that they do psychology has this test that they do where um you make you stand in front of a mirror and ask yourself, Who are you? Why are you looking at yourself in the eyes? And it is said that it's a process that, after, yeah, by continuously doing it, you end up breaking down because you, you, you reach a mind block where you can't answer the question because you're looking at yourself and you're talking to yourself and you're looking into the eyes of emptiness, of question marks and exclamation marks, <laughs> and you don't know who you are. And it's something that you all should, you, as I experiment, that some of you all should try. Um, it, don't break down. Do it once. See how it affects you. Alright. Do it company. Watch it, right? I don't feel like you can actually look in a mirror and see who you are. Mm. Because looking in a mirror, you just got to be looking at your physical self. You need to take this to the next level. You need to actually sit down alone. You may sit down, stand up, take a walk or something. Do some reflection on who you are, what made me like this. Analyze the thoughts that you have. Do some critical thinking. Yeah, but then when it's when you start to um, what um, what made you who you are? A lot of people who when they ask themselves who are you, you know we um we tend to say that all we are um a reflection of our circumstances. Mm-hmm. So when to answer the question who am I? What are you? A product of your environment. A product of what you have grown up into. Mm-hmm. What other people mold you to be. Because that's all you know. So mm-hmm. how would you exactly know who you are when all you have known is what you have been taught to be? I would say you are what you act. I think your actions define who you are. Now, I have a brother. I <laughs> heard a brother said something. You know, I was in a, a training session and the brother was looking at me and the other students in the session. And he said, you cannot see me. And he repeated it. Now, when he said it, I slightly confused because my I, I wear glasses, but I'm not that blind. So <laughs> I'm clearly seeing it. He said, you cannot see me. You see my body. But who I am is in my mind. You can't see what is up here. But you can make certain, let's call it judgments. You can't yeah. make... You can get some insight into who I am, into the me that is in my mind through my actions. Because my actions are a physical manifestation of what I think. So, I mean, here's, here's what I think is a problem with a lot of us in being able to 
answer the question who you are who is who am i the self we act unconsciously we do not think before we act we do not think after we act we just act and because we just act without thinking about what we do, how what we do affects ourselves and how it affects the environment that surrounds us, we start thinking of ourselves in a particular way. And we start associating ourselves with what we may be thinking consciously. Meanwhile, we are acting unconsciously. So who we are being, what we act out is very different to who we think we are because we think unconscious and then we act in unconscious. So now you have a false narrative of yourself. And here's how this impacts the people around you. Here's how this, you'll find that this affects the relationships you get into, the social gatherings. Here's how it affects you. Because you'll go out into a social gathering. You'll go out in, in, you're now interacting with people. And somebody walks up and asks you the question, you know, What's your vibe? Or, you know, how things with you, you know, who they're basically trying to probe into who you are. And you tell them who you are based on what you think. And then they see how you act and they move according to how you act and not what you told them you mm -hmm. are. Because people respond to your actions, not your words. Yeah. And you are now confused because they why they moving so with me? Why they, you know, I, I told them who, I told them who I was, but they kind of acting real funny around It's like they don't trust me. It's like, mm -hmm. that is because you act out who you was and they responded to who you were and you thinking that you are somebody else. Yeah. So what we had, we had a look at what we do, you know. Mm -hmm. And as you're talking about that, you see the unconscious mind is a very important thing because let me stray from the point a little bit look at an example right you might see samsung advertising you know he's not a big samsung fan but you see in the advertisement over and over and over until they start to tell yourself you know what maybe i should try it mm -hmm. same thing with foods same thing with tablets steroids if it does work out and things <laughs> it's the same method that is used because you the advertisement communicating with the unconscious mind without you knowing and making you attracted to these things consciously so you have to be careful of your surroundings and what you're letting go into your unconscious mind how do you look at things about yourself objective what i mean by that is we always think of ourselves as greater than who we really are mm -hmm. and there's a there's a, a opposite extreme of that for people who you'll find suffer from like let's say depression or you know similar diseases they think of themselves as being less than who they really are we never see ourselves as us so how do you the only way for you to see yourself as you is to look at yourself from an objective standpoint. You gotta look at it from the outside. How do you look at yourself from outside? Well, <clears throat> personally, I look at what I do and think about the possible outcomes of my action, whether it be on myself. Well, obviously, I know the outcomes on myself, but as well, I am around people, or it affect people. And now, 
that we say, I would think about a joke I make with you in phone when we was in school. Okay. And thinking about it now, I'll say, wait, no, that joke was a little too harsh because, you know, I, could, I probably really hurt your feelings that I did not know. You did. But no, I could be wrong. You could have shrugged that off easily, and you know. But it could have really hurt your feelings. So now I gotta look at myself now and say, hey, you see that way doing those bad jokes that you make? You gotta fix that because I really don't know how it affected people. You can make jokes, but it. I think we've grown enough to know is that there's the difference between a joke and a bad joke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I here's where I would go against West. I remember I was speaking to our friend. It was a, a group conversation actually. It and could be used as constructive criticism elsewhere. I mean I mean like amongst friends you know, have certain inside jokes that could count as a bad that may not count as a bad joke because you have a level of familiarity with a situation. Mm. No no the thing is now I have nothing against it. No, no, no. I, this, is what, this is what she said. Mm. Yeah, she sure. was, you know, looking at some, some article, reading some article, looking at some video, you know, concerning psychology. And the conclusion they ultimately came to was that the subconscious mind does not distinguish between what is real, what is fake, what is joke, what is serious. The subconscious mind only deals with information. Whatever this is, I just I just take it in. I not the subconscious it doesn't distinguish. Mm-hmm. No. Here's where that could become, let's use the word toxic. You telling me, I right, let's just say you make a joke, I stupid. it. Right? You can make that joke with me every single day. Now consciously, I know it's a joke. These partners. But all my subconscious is taken in is the words you are stupid every single day. This is just the information that is being etched into my subconscious. At some point in time, the subconscious is going to take over and push this up in the conscious mind. And now I'm going to start acting out as if I am really stupid because now this, these seeds were planted in subconscious. That's the, that's the thing. The subconscious not going to disregard this because it's a joke. I just going to take the information. And it's the same thing you made mention of just now. You may not like Samsung. Watch a Samsung advertisement every single day for a month, and you buy a Samsung, and that's the thing. And you don't know why. I mean, all you are, you know, you was an Apple fan for your entire life, and you. Sh- and the thing is, sometimes it could be so severe you will now find yourself talking against Apple. That's how deep it is, and you don't even. And everybody around you like, oh wait, now if you had an iPhone just like two months ago. And two months ago for your whole life but <laughs> that's the thing you know and he was making fun of samsung camera and he was making fun of this and he was making fun of that and so now he's a big samsung supporter. and everybody's confused but the thing is so easily information could just get you know deep into your subconscious and then it manifests into your reality and that's exactly why i see that's how you can look at yourself objectively because your actions going to have an effect on, effect on somebody at the end of the day it's just knowing how to gauge your actions in such a way that it brings in the least harm to people because like I say I can make a joke with you and tell you it's stupid 
No, I know you're not stupid, and you know you're not stupid. We know you're not stupid. I appreciate that. No, <laughs> I can't speak for everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> but I had to think about how that will affect you, and that is me thinking about my actions, because, like we said earlier, is your actions defines you. So I think that is probably one of the best way to look at yourself objectively. Because you could be thinking that he is the superhero when he really hurting people and he had the NAD. One of the um, challenges though with breaking down the barrier and trying to discover who you are and questioning yourself is those people who those people who are um, who are traumatized from experiences. Now those are the people who are the most difficult with to break that barrier, to discover who you are and the understanding of self because they are the ones with a with a fear and this and a, a fear that they live in and as soon as that bedroom door closes and that lights come off there's a nightmare that's going on in the mind mm-hmm. and that corrodes and eats away from who they are and to break that to that to break that false how to say how to put it the false idea of who of who they are now to mm-hmm. what they, to the person they actually are or who they could be is very is a very thin line and mm-hmm. those are the people who faces face that challenge well it's real difficult for people in this time to find themselves because we constantly taking in information and processing things right so i feel the first step into finding yourself is to be very picky about which information you take in about yourself, what people have to say. And if it is you could choose that kind of information, you will know uh, this is what I like, this is what I do not like. This is information that will help me, this is information that will harm me. But what about in instances where um, for those people who, you know, they're trying to, they are trying to live a normal life, but, mm-hmm. you know, circumstances have it that life is working against them, so People are just taken from that, just mm-hmm. taken. And I will use, I will use um, an example from like um, abusive relationships or so abusive homes. You no know, yeah. young women who are in, who have been victims. You know, and they they are just being taken from them. Mm-hmm. How do they now in a situation where there is past, current, or in the future? Because mm-hmm. there are women, there are some young women that I, I know that friends who I, make, who I converse with and they are afraid, they have never been victims together, they are afraid to be a victim and it's eaten away from them. So how would they now discover that self or find who they are if this is something that they live in? I think, I think what they should do is stop trying to live a normal life. This whole idea that you have to fit in with society, so you have to go with the norm basically, is what would put you in situations where you're fine, you're being taken advantage of, you find people constantly taking from you. The thing is, if if that violence, that it, it comes back down to selfishness, is becoming the norm, go against the norm. So find something, they find a way to, this is who you really are, unique. You are somebody, you are not just a number, per se. Mm-hmm. So, why try so hard to be like everybody else? The biggest problem I would say with that, right, for those young ladies, fear, fear of change. 
fear of change, fear of risk, because it have plenty of people don't do the things they could do because of fear. They are afraid if they succeed, how it would be. They are afraid if they fail, how it would be. So fear is the biggest problem. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are afraid to look into themselves as well. Yeah. And it, it comes back down to the whole aspect of, of we act unconsciously. Mm-hmm. You are who you act. That's who people, that, that, is, that is you in the eyes of everybody. You can think of yourself in me, that different, but that is you, your actions. Once your actions start becoming known to you, you start seeing who you really are, and it starts conflicting with the ideology of yourself, who you thought you were. So when you challenge now to sit back by yourself and look into your own mind to see who you are, you get frightened, you know? Mm-hmm. Because based on your actions, you're scared that if I look into myself, I would I would determine that this is who I really am, right? People scared to know their self, you know? And people don't understand that they are capable of changing who they are. Because even if you realize, well, all right, you sit down and you analyze yourself, I am this person. I can change my ways. And I think I would recommend is using the conscious mind to speak the, the unconscious mind. What I mean by that, right? I will pour out a challenge out there. You know, lock yourself in your room, make sure it has nobody around. Complete quietness. Lie down. In a relaxing position. And more or less, well, more or less is meditation. And talk to yourself. There is something I just do. So, you're going to be talking to yourself. And it's like, it's two voices you're going to be hearing. I'm being real. It's yeah, something it's, 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 very, very, very difficult. You know, I would recommend doing it. Well, start with 15 minutes. And then go up. Try 15 minutes every day. And go up. Raise it by 5 minutes. You'll realize in doing this, right? Within 5 minutes time. You're going to start to remember a lot of things that are necessary that you want to do. Because you're afraid of going deeper into your mind to find out who you are. It's something very difficult. So that's a challenge I will put out there to you. Yeah, that's um, something I really used to do. Like, but I don't used to stay inside. I can't do that inside. I have to be outside. Like, at the, like after 10 and 10 at night, I'll just go outside and just sit up. This is this is something um a lot of people who have you know decided that they want to change their lives and they want to um they want to make a difference in their own self, you know. People who become quote unquote awake. Alright? Um you know, I I've I've went through this process, I still go through the process, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's something that as you mentioned, you said fifteen minutes and then go off. Imagine whole night. Imagine you can't sleep. That's that how you whole start. night and you talk yeah. it to yourself. But I mean, a serious note, I I can't lie down and think. I just see this little space of it. Yeah. I walk up and down for the whole night. Okay. 20, 12 hours of the night, I walk up and down and I just talking to myself. You know, so it's something, it's a, pro, it's a long process, mm-hmm. but then there too, it's awakening. Yeah. It helps you to answer questions, give you answers to questions for questions you never know you have. And, and, and most important, it helps you to direct the unconscious mind. Mm-hmm. So when you think you're going to do something, you're going to do it because you 
your conscience mind directly speaking with your unconscious mind. So basically, it's about you becoming whole, if you want to put it like that. You becoming one. One thing to you have to know when to stop thinking as well too, because there are point times sometimes you might open certain doors that doors that you never wanted to be open in the first place, but eventually it have to be open. But you wasn't thinking about opening at that point in time, and it opened at the wrong time. And it opened it at the wrong time. Now, brother, sister, that is a different story. Because, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, so, so yeah, so it's something. It's, it's a process, it's a journey. But at the same time, too, it's all about a discovery of oneself. All right. So to put it in a real simple manner, all we doing is breaking down all of our thoughts, taking them and basically filing them away, so they no longer, for lack of a better word, haunt you. Because sometimes you're gonna find yourself up late and like you can't sleep because it have things that you haven't really and truly processed and filed away. Them thoughts you really need to analyze them. I think something I like to do, I like to think about what I think about mm-hmm. and think about what I feel, you know, a situation will come up and immediately something is going to pop into your head right after that thought comes in and right after I get the first emotion, I like to think about what I am thinking and feeling. So I'll be like, whoa, I can't believe that came into my mind. If I was to act on that, what would be the outcome? They ask yourself if this thought or emotion is of any value to me. Exactly. Is this what I want to think of you based on who I want to be? Based on the me that I see myself as? Mm-hmm. Because I, nothing is wrong with looking forward. Nothing is wrong with looking you, back. Yeah, that's, you, you see yourself as who you want to be, not necessarily as who you are. And you make as much steps as possible to reach that person. Nothing is wrong with that. Now, of course, you need to know who you are currently so you know the right direction to take to get to that person. But think about that person too. That's your, that, I mean, that's your ultimate. Mm-hmm. That should be your ultimate goal to reach that person, the best version of yourself. And it, it, it comes back down to, it comes back down to thought. You know, the mind is... I heard a brother say something that it was very unique to me. It was the first time I I heard something of that nature. He said, you know, brain and mind is is two different things. The mind is limitless. The mind can stretch as far as the universe reaches out to. The brain doesn't. Mm-hmm. The brain just holds this. You know why your brain to start stretching? Then you, you have a tumor. <laughs> but you say you want to stretch your mind as far as you possibly could. But how how do you go about stretching your mind? What do you do? How do you go about expanding the way you think about things, looking at things from a different, maybe a more open perspective? How do you do that? My, my answer to this is it, it, it comes back down to figuring out yourself mm-hmm. in connection to who you want to be. Yeah. If you want to be great and okay, looking at yourself objectively because we spoke about that, you conclude that you are not great yet, then you need to start making mental changes to accomplish that greatness. You need to start stretching that mind. You need to start exposing yourself to new information and different information. Because 
we find a lot of us want to change it. We spoke about change in the first podcast. And there's something that a lot of us want. A lot of us want to be better, to do better, to be in a better position, whether it's financially, socially. It could be a whole bunch of different areas that we want to be better at, but we never, we don't want to change what we do, but we want to accomplish the change. And that is silly. Something as simple as the, something as simple as the television programs we would look at. You enjoy looking at, I would just call it foolishness. And you would know the foolishness that you look at. I look at foolishness ever so often as well. Just entertainment. Love and hip hop. Now, you know you are wasting time looking at foolishness. You know the foolishness you are looking at is, it is influencing the way you think and by extension the way you act. But you get entertainment from the foolishness. You want change. But you don't want to let go of the foolishness that will restrict that change. That is see. The first thing you have to accept in going about a process of expanding your mind, changing who you are, is understanding that it is going to be painful to you. Because you have pleasures, you have desires, there are things that you do that you need to let go of if you want to accomplish or if you want to reach out to that person that you see. The person that you want to be, not necessarily the person that you are, is going to be a painful route. And in, on that point, think about it. If the person you want to be, you have to think realistically. You can't watch Love and Hip Hop and see these stars and want to be these stars. And while you're watching these stars and wanting to be these stars, you sit down home watching these stars, thinking about wanting to be these stars. That's not realistic. Because you basically just watching them and you would not be them. It comes like a, a, a fat person. You want to get small, but you're not willing to work out. You'll watch plenty of workout programs, but you're not doing the workout. So how is that helping you? And, and that's the thing. Again, you need to let go of the things that are restricting you from being who you want to be. That is hard, but you need to do it. And if we were to connect this to what we spoke about last week with regards to your, let's just say your support, your network, you're not always going to have people there to support you with the goals that you want to accomplish. You have to be there for yourself. And that is going to make it even harder. Here's the thing. And it's something me and my, me and my brother spoke about. With the same idea of exercise, you find that very often people take up an exercise program and within a week they drop off the exercise program come on you see all right january 1st not january 1st january 1st is only january 2nd everybody in the gym january 12th the gym is empty because a lot of people we dive into things and then we we just we get out of it we stop you know why because Let's just say January the first, the idea of becoming physically fit, the idea of improving yourself from a physical aspect, let's just maintain a physical thing. It is in your mind. All you are seeing is who you want to be. And it's a wonderful thing to think about. You see it, everything is just clear and motivated, you're excited, you're ready to go out and you get your gym clothes, you buy a water bottle, you get everything you need. Yes, you don't know, we go out and be. 
you so encouraged to accomplish the goal that is in your mind, you convince somebody to help you accomplish that goal. So you go and you get a gym partner. That's how that's how powerful your your, your mind is it, it is not manifesting itself into your actions so strong that you're not able to convince somebody to help you accomplish what is for you. It, it's not even for them. That's probably not even their goal. Or it's, it's you know, you make it their goal now. That's how powerful it is. And then you start and you recognize way but they one of the gym is hard. Here's what the difficulty does: it sets up conflict in your mind. Before all you were seeing was the, the goal. The person that you want to be. Now, in addition to the goal being in your mind, you now have the difficulty factor being in your mind as well. And there's a struggle. So you said, alright, you know, let me go again. You go the second day and you recognize, wait, but it, it didn't get easier. It hard. <laughs> yeah, some people drop off by day two, but let's say you go to day three. And you know, after day one and day two, now your body is in pain. Day three harder than day one and day two. So the difficulty factor is now winning the battle of tug and war in your mind. All you see now is the difficulty, not the not the goal, not the person anymore. So because now your mind is just filled with difficulty, you stop. That's why people just stop. Halfway. And that's one thing, my brother, we were training yesterday actually, and he told me your body can do it, as if your mind can do it. That's the thing. Now, now here's the thing. Here's how you get over that. You accept the difficulty factor. You tell yourself every day, yes, this is hard. You tell yourself every day that I am bigger than the difficulty factor. I could do it. You tell yourself that every single day. Now, when you go to the gym, let's say the fourth day, after accepting the difficulty factor, the fourth day is going to be harder than the first day, harder than the second day, and harder than the third day. The difference is now, the only thing on your mind is the personal difficulty, not there anymore. It is not going to get easier after you accept it, but you are now above the difficulty. So you could accomplish what you want to need to accept that this is going to be hard. And you need, you need to drop something. You need to drop something. <laughs> All right, here's the thing. Brother Nuri Muhammad. That's a brother in my kind of quote often because he's a brother I, I really enjoy listening to the messages. Is he local? That he me? No, that's a brother from, from the US. Real intelligent And he said there are basically five stages. These are the five stages that define you, basically. It starts with thought, as we have been speaking about for the majority of this, this podcast. Right? Your thoughts develop into your actions, as we would have also mentioned during this podcast. Your actions become habits. This is something that we know, as I say, you know, it takes what is it, 21 days to make a habit, 21 days to break it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's backed by psychology, but let me just say this, right? <laughs> your actions develop into habits. Your habits direct your character. And ultimately, your character influences your destiny. But it starts with thought. Now, you 
as a human, you have the ability to influence your destiny. You could determine such and such and go and accomplish it. You could say, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to accomplish it, and accomplish it. You have the ability to influence your destiny, but how could you even reach out to influence your own destiny if you don't even have control over stage one, your thoughts? That's something I would love for everybody to think about. Your thoughts. Think about how your thoughts influence your actions. What are your habits? Because your habits are derived from your actions and you can influence your habits simply by changing your actions. 21 days, let me say it's really. <laughs> your actions are going to affect your character. Your character is directly associated with who you are. And if you know who you are, then you have control over stage five, which is your destiny. Take control over your thoughts. Accept difficulty in changing the way you think and by extension the way you act. You need to accept difficulty in the sense that working towards something is no one day grind and you get a reward. It takes time. You need to put in the work and you need to never forget why you're doing what you're doing. And then search for yourself, that's, that's really important because you can just give up just like that. You might open that dark door and you find something and then you say, no, nah, I'm not going through that again. Mm-hmm. And then you just become, for lack of a better word, mindless. Like many of the other people out there, they just want to fall into a group. You never want to fall into a group and you are unique. And you need to keep that in mind when you're soul searching, when you're looking at analyzing yourself. You are not like anyone else. One of the things that um, you know, you should also consider, and I have fallen victim. I am guilty of this as well too. Mm-hmm. The ones who like to call themselves mature, yeah. you know, I I've I've always been told that you know I'm mature before my time. And a lot of people, a lot of older folks, standing you're mature for your age. A lot of people think certain experiences make them mature. Mm-hmm. Correct. But a lot of people think age makes them mature as well. For those of you, for those of you who think that you are already mature, and that you mature before your time, or that you, you know, you experience certain things, you think you know, mm-hmm. you still have a lot to keep in mind. Because that I used know. to think the same thing too. That I was mature. That mm-hmm. you know, everybody telling me that you're mature for your age. You know, you're mature before before your time. I mean, trauma could really have been mature correct. at the same time. <laughs> but just because you experience certain things. Remember, time evolving, and you are evolving with time. Yeah, new challenges. Yeah, exactly. was mature in the context at that time. Yeah, that's good too. But you had to learn now about how you can handle certain situations. And there's one thing I just do all the time. I sit down and think, I don't know if I'm ready for certain things right now, if I am supposed to be who I'm supposed to be to handle these things I want. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need to grow up more. Maybe I need to really sit down and, you know, Rock back and think because it have some 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 certain things that even though you want it and it in front of your face and you could get it in it right you just had to you know grasp it. You're feeling completely off than how you expect it. You thought you would have feel. Mm-hmm. You think you'd have be glad, but when you really look at it in his face, you say, "Wait, boy, I'm not ready for this." Mm-hmm. And in looking to yourself and trying to find yourself where you had to understand you would not be perfect 
no one is perfect and that is the biggest problem people have they aim for perfection correct yeah, for fulfillment they have a mindset of am i where i am supposed to be the thing that is supposed to be a certain way i supposed to feel like this at this age i supposed to feel like this i supposed to have these things i supposed to think a certain way but you are constantly growing and evolving Correct, correct. And also for the numbers, on the same topic you know, I mentioned about the maturity, you know, and for those who think that they're mature before the time and they're already mature, is that they put themselves in a box to feel safe in, mm-hmm. and that's not who you are. You know, that's what you call paranoia. Yeah. But start questioning yourself and start searching. A lot of self-search, soul-searching, you know, seeking for who you really are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would actually like to disagree and I I love this 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 whole idea of doing this podcast because it gives me the avenue to disagree and get feedback and you know create dialogue in with the, the point you made about perfection. And it's something you know we speak about all the time. I I do think you can be perfect, you have the potential to be perfect and I think you should aim for perfection you may not you may you may die before you accomplish it but reach for it every uh, single day try to get closer to it I will say first why I agree with your statement because mm-hmm. perfection what I may see perfect you may not see perfect oh, so perfect may vary based on individuality correct so I should I, I would agree to that you know, to encourage others that you know whatever you deem as perfect for you do what is best for you mm-hmm. and, and your and, version of best. And that's the yeah. thing now, perfection is I define what is perfect for me. You define what is perfect for you. Mm-hmm. And I'm reaching out to my definition of perfection. Now mm-hmm. I could take advice, I could take certain considerations from everyone mm-hmm. about what perfection is. Now that's the thing, and I need to reach out to now with that in mind, we must also employ wisdom. Mm-hmm. Coming back to the you know the example you drew about what what is described as the most dangerous world record yeah, in the Guinness Book of mm-hmm. World Record of yeah. World Records, and okay, this is the most dangerous record that you could possibly aim to beat. Yes, the man who accomplished the record <laughs> beat his own record <laughs> seven times. He beat his own record seven times. Get cocky and thought I could beat it again the eighth time. No, no, this is the most dangerous record. Mm-hmm. in the book and he died the eight time now i remember when we had this conversation <laughs> the the funniest thing to me was when you mentioned that everyone after him after died. him died trying to beat the record as he well was before him many many died before many him. died before him too. now the yeah, thing is the record before him was dead as well of course now naturally a lot of people died because this is the most dangerous record in the book right <laughs> now considering the people who died after the single word that was real fun to me was everyone because if a certain number of people died trying to beat this record the man who holds the record died trying to beat his own record i would not expect you to use the word everyone i would expect you to use the word the person meaning one because after one person try to beat this record and die i don't expect anybody else to go and try to mm-hmm. beat the record if now that's where wisdom come in if this is the most dangerous <laughs> record <laughs> right? no i mean 
it worth it. You know, we've come to the end of the podcast for this week. Based on the time, we are we do apologize for making this long. In fact, we are not done. We may have to do a part two to this whole topic ourselves because there's still a lot to talk about. But we'll get back with you all next week. We do encourage again you all to bring questions to us, come have discussions with us, and let's let's open up the movement to everyone. Okay, so um final points if anybody have any um final words well what um what i like to leave you all with is that as a quote that i always like to teach well te- when i'm teaching others you know and it's it was like this some there there comes a point in time in life when you have to turn your back against the crowd to stand and fight for what you believe in yes. my only reminder is the challenge meditation 15 minutes start with 15 minutes yeah, and right. work your way up I want you all to keep this in mind too. There's this saying that you have three faces. One you show to everyone, one that you show your close friends and your family, and one that you show to no one. Just keep that in mind. And think about it. Ponder on that. I would really like to extend to everybody, accept the difficulty in accomplishing who you want to be. <clears throat> I would like to say, um, yourself is the most important person in your life, regardless of how much you love your mom, your dad, your dog, your fish. Whatever you love, you love it. But if you don't have you, nobody ain't gonna have you. So focus on yourself. No is for you. No is not for you. And always strive to be the best person you could be. If you think you're entrapped in your environment or mental state or whatever, you have the power to escape that. It, it, things not things never bad permanently. And it will only get good based off a single decision it can make. So that's what I'd like to... Um, that's my final point. So this was podcast number three. This is the topic of self and... Remember to say please and thank you. Eat your fruits and vegetables. Be respectful to everyone. Share mangoes with your neighbors. Smile at old people. And lastly, find peace within yourself. We'll see you all next week.